Google Plays like the Cube. Hey, I'm Adele. And I'm Anna. And we are AC AD Productions. Get ready to nod your head and laugh out loud as we bring an unfiltered perspective to black life in predominantly white spaces. So, welcome to the Head Nod. Season one, Black Life at a PWI. We belong here. This is our space. Our stories and voices can't be erased. The struggle is real, but we won't back down. Black excellence, we wear the crown, yeah! Family, our guest today is Chris Colbert. He is the founder and CEO of DCP Entertainment. He's also my friend and just like a really great person. That's not in his bio, but I'm just adding that for myself. It should Um, go in my bio. (laughs) It should be. DCP Entertainment is a media platform for underrepresented voices and the co-founder of Podstream Studios. (laughs) If you didn't know... Now you know, if you're watching us right now, a customizable audio and video recording space in New York City. Chris began his career at Sirius XM, creating Jamie Foxx's comedy and music channel, The Foxhole, and went on to become the director of Urban Talk and Comedy. Now, outside of work, Chris can be found playing almost any sport, biking, or playing around with his camera. What up, Chris? Hey, I'm here with the head nod. What's going on? Welcome to the head nod. Yes, you are here. <laughs> I'm going to do that every that, time. And I think it's funny because that's like a Jamie, isn't that Jamie Foxx's song? In that? Yeah, it's from Dreamgirls. Dreamgirls. Going to take a me ride. ride. Mm-hmm. Hey, Chris, welcome. Glad uh, you're here, my friend. Yeah, me too. This is going to be fun. It is going to be fun. And we have every guest say this intro line. We want you to say your name. Did we say your pronouns? No. I don't think you did yet. No, we didn't. <laughs> you don't have to. You say your name, uh, what school you went to, and then if you had any, like, shout out or call that went along with your school. Uh, so I'm Chris Colbert. He, him, his. Uh, went to Seton Hall University. Uh, we didn't have a real call out for Seton Hall, but I did have my little crew of friends. The you. Sorry, uh, Miami. We kind of stole that from you. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> the, the you is short for union. We might get into that later. Me and me, my core ask, group of friends. like, oh, Seton like, Hall, you? Where, where did <laughs> It was the union. It was a group, of, a core group of individuals who were cool as shit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with it. I like it. So why Seton Hall? Why was that the school? Uh, so, you know, coming out of high school, I wanted to play basketball. So, like all the schools I applied to were basketball schools, like lower D1, like not the level of what Seton Hall is. Um, but then I realized I got some really bad knees and like I'm tall in regular life, like six one, But in basketball life, I'm kind of short. So like the trajectory for my career probably wasn't that great. Uh, so I applied to Seton Hall for uh, radio and TV. It was the only school I applied to that wasn't for basketball. And I somehow got in. And I say somehow because I lied on my re- uh, lied on my 
my uh, application because that was not my GPA, um, but they didn't check, <laughs> so they got me. Uh, and so, yeah, that's how I ended not up at Seton Hall. Not checking. <laughs> not, not admissions, just taking your word for it. Yeah. They got time to check all these baller. applications. They're like, uh, for my uh, kind of, we'll, we'll take it. My we'll guidance counselor said, they were like, hey, you weren't going to get in anyway, so you might as well just lie. Guidance. <laughs> 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 uh, so what was it like when you got accepted since you weren't expecting it anyway? Tell us about that. Like, what did they send? Like, how did how was that process? Well, you know, they send that big old packet. So, you know, you got in like it's a, either that tiny letter, or the big packet. So I got the big packet. I'm like, yeah, I got this one. Uh, my mom was really pissed because I didn't apply to any in-state schools. Uh, she, I kept telling her I was going to. I just never did. I just didn't want to repeat high school. I went to like an all white, grew up in a very white suburban area, went to a Catholic high school full of racism. And I'm just like, nah, I don't want to be around these people again. I just want to go somewhere else and and go up a little bit further up north where maybe it's a little bit more acceptable to be black. Um, and so, no, I was really excited to be getting closer to New York City, a place I'd never been, you know, being able to go to a school that's one of the top media uh, company, uh, media schools in the country. And then I actually found out that Seton Hall was the number one diverse school in the country. I didn't even know that when I applied. Um, and so, yeah, I was really excited to just, you know, get exposed to some cool folks. So, yeah, it was Did a good time. Did you feel that when you got there? Because, you know, all these schools will try to make you seem it when they send you stuff with the one black kid, the one Asian kid, the one white kid on like the information package. But once you got on campus, did you really feel that it was diverse? <laughs> Well, before I answer that, I will say I also was that person in the pamphlet. Me too, so I, Chris. I, am, <laughs> I was on a happy birthday card. Like, yeah. I Not a happy birthday card. Yeah, they sent out happy birthdays to potential freshmen, and I was on the card. It was like, yeah, it was, yeah. Oh, I was on, I was on the Housing and Residence Life website. I was on the portfolio for Housing and Residence Life, too. And it's me and two white women sitting, like, they're sitting on their bed, and I'm on the side with, like, a book, like, hey. And I'm like, yeah, send your white girls here, because there's going to be a black guy in their room. Like, like is this the kind of marketing y'all want to do? Like, I appreciate y'all, but that's strange. Uh, but no, when I got on campus, um, I did, like, that early orientation, because I literally knew nobody, nobody from my school. I didn't know anybody even from Maryland that went out there. So I'm originally from the Baltimore, Maryland area, an area called Hartford County, um, Bel Air, Maryland, to get even more specific. Uh, and yeah, so I went to that orientation ahead of time to see, all right, let me make a few friends before I actually get up here. And like my friends right off the bat were, you know, some some Indian cat, uh, a black dude from like Patterson, New Jersey. Uh, and there was just a whole crew of other just like black and brown folks I think we had some Asian folks too, but it was primarily black and brown folks. So no, nah, I felt it immediately. But I also was like, is this just the people who like didn't have shit else to do during the summer? Like, is it just going to be all the white people later? Cause they were rich on vacation. So they weren't here for the orientation. Uh, so I was a little nervous, but yeah, once school finally started, I realized now nah, there's lots of us out here. Cool. So y'all were the most diverse school. So is it a PWI? So technically it's still a PWI because it still was more white people, but like there was just per capita, like more minorities also involved. So, um, you know, my dorm still was primarily white, but we had like good amounts of black people still in the building. So like my floor, we uh, were in this uh, residence hall called Boland Hall. And on the top floor, we had this thing called the penthouse. So in the penthouse is where I was. I just happened to be there. We had a, a black RA uh, who was like a senior. He'd been there, done that. Uh, and we had probably on my floor about 20% black people. 
Um, and so in the afternoons and the evenings, like we all became really close. We'd have these like informal meetups. Uh, we, we didn't let all the black people come. So they, they, you know, they weren't all down. We couldn't, <laughs> couldn't fuck with all of them, you know, all skin folk and kin folk kind of thing. That part. Uh, but we'd get together and just talk shit about everybody. <laughs> and we had one white guy that we let come. He was our token white guy, this guy, Brian. Uh, he was valedictorian of his high school, uh, but he didn't feel like going to class and shit. So we let him come to our, uh, our black meetup. And we just would talk shit about all the white people, and he would co-sign for us. Dang, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That is cool. So, like that, how did that feel? Like, like you said, trying to get away from the racism and kind of coming from what you knew to be your norm. Did you feel like a different type of like? I don't want to say a culture shock, but like it was different than what you were used to. Yeah. So you know, even. When I, but even before I got to Seton Hall, I remember, you know, talking to my mom about this. My mom grew up in Southern New Jersey. I was born in Southern New Jersey, but I was raised in Maryland. And she always talks about how Maryland takes the Mason Dixon line very seriously. You know, I grew up around the KKK and like, you know, skinheads and just, you know, just tons of just horrible shit. Not as bad as maybe, you know, things that you might experience down in Alabama or Mississippi, but you know, it was kind of rough. Um, and I remember her telling me like, you're going to, when you get up to New York, New Jersey, like you're going to love it. It's going to be so much different. And it was like there, there wasn't necessarily that overt racism. Now I'm sure there was, you know, stuff behind the scenes, you know, that were happening, but the overt racism wasn't there. And I would tell even black people that I went to school with some of the stories that I grew up with about how one of my friends on the side of his house, they wrote, they spray painted nigger on the side of his house. Um, you know, uh, my senior year in high school, these kids wrote on the uh, bathroom stall at our school, uh, so-and-so is a nigger lover. Um, and those mm -hmm. kids only got suspended for like two, three days. Meanwhile, my black friend got expelled from school right before graduation over hearsay of weed. Didn't even find anything, but they expelled him. Um, and so like just even those things like, oh, that stuff still happens. And so I think that was so interesting for me to realize that even black people don't even know what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it was a different experience. Well. Let me see where to go from that, Chris. Let me let me make it more let me make it more lighthearted. Let me make it more lighthearted. We'll back up a little bit too. Like even when I when I uh, applied to the school, so my sister went to Howard. I have a brother who went to Norfolk State. I have a brother who went to Hampton. Like I'm the only one who didn't I have another brother who went to Morgan State. I'm the only one who didn't even apply to HBCUs. Yeah. I wanted no parts of an HBCU. Like Why? it was because that's not how the world works. Like, I'm like, I, you know, especially because I want to work in media, like, I need to understand how white people move. I need to make yeah. these relationships and not just pigeonhole myself into a certain demographic. And yes, it's going to be cool. It's going to be a great experience. But then what's next? Um, and so, like, you know, it's not putting down HBCUs at all. But for my journey, I felt like it wasn't what was needed. And at the same time, hey, I can just go visit my brothers and sisters at their school. You know, Howard Homecoming, what's up? I'm coming down. Let's talk about that. Like, <laughs> I was all the way in Pennsylvania. I still flew down for Howard Homecoming. I don't not even go hold you because it was it was it was the thing. It was it was awesome. I can't. But I I get that. You know what's funny, Chris? Is like a lot of our guests kind of say the same similar thing. Like trying going choosing a PWI to be in an environment that kind of reflects how the world is and like how corporate America or whatever professional spaces or just like understanding the white person and like how to navigate those spaces beyond even beyond what you were dealing with from like the racism that you were experiencing, but just like how they move professionally and just kind of occupying and going through those awkward phases kind of early on to kind of level up or leverage yourself when entering a professional space. I, I, we've mm -hmm. heard that a, a few times. 
Yeah. And and I'll be also be honest, too. I don't know if I was going to necessarily feel all that comfortable just being around black people because I hadn't done that yet. Like my whole life has been spent in white suburbs and. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I'd spent my summers in Baltimore City with my family down there. And and so, like, I've been around you know, lots of black people. But to every day, day in, day out, just be around black folks, it just, I don't know, it didn't really fit who who I was at that time. Um, like, I very much want to be part of that community, want to be part of that, that group and, you know, again, have that camaraderie and support. But it just, yeah, it just didn't feel right for me. So did you, so you found it in the union. I mean, we got to talk a little bit more <laughs> the about the U. The U. We got to talk more about the U. Hold on, I'm but, sorry. Are outsiders allowed to do it? Because I just, I, you know. It's, it's okay. We'll like, you know, you, you, <laughs> you, you friend of a friend. So, okay, you know, okay. I, you, you get grand, grandfathered in or grandmothered in. I, I don't know if, it, you know, the right terms these days. Uh, but but uh, no, so the the U is a, a group of friends that uh, that I had that I met kind of early on at Seton Hall. It consists basically of like all these people that come from different backgrounds. So like we have a guy from Lebanon. We have, you know, me, the African-American. We have a guy who's Haitian. Uh, we have a you know, half white, half black guy. Uh, we have the white rapper. Uh, we got the white <laughs> Italian guy who's, you know, fresh off the boat from Italy. Uh, what else did we have? We had another Middle Eastern cat. Um, so yeah, it was just like all these people from international backgrounds who we just all made friends somehow. And a lot of us play sports somewhere on the track team, somewhere on, you know, different teams. Some just played intramurals like me. Um, but we just kind of came together and we're like, yo, none of us want to join a frat. Which actually, I take that back. We'll get to frats a little bit later if, if you want to. I did almost join a frat, but then like day of, I didn't do it. And so I was very anti-frat along with these folks, but we're like, we still want to throw parties and have a good time. So we just kind of created our own frat, which we called that. the U, which originally we were going to call the internationals because we all come from these international backgrounds. We're like, that's just, that's too much. That's too much. So we called it the union. And then short for the union, it was the U. So I'm going to give it to you though. The union sounds cooler than the internationals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, exactly. Yeah. 150%. Y'all did the right thing. Good choice. Sounds like for a straight to DVD release, the internationals. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Internationals wouldn't work. So wait, no. y'all was throwing y'all was throwing parties. Was oh yeah, the we white were boy rapping at the parties because he just threw sometimes, the white boy rapper out there. Sometimes yeah. he 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 grew up. With, you know, I don't know if you remember that rapper uh, Asher Roth um, out of Pennsylvania. He like grew up with that cat. Like they used to rap together. Um, so like you know he's oh. he actually's pretty decent. My boy Sean, uh, <laughs> simply Sean was his rapper name. Uh, simply Sean. Sean. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> <laughs> simply Sean on the mic. <laughs> one, two, one, two. Yep. Oh, okay. Gosh, okay. So, but like, you know, we, uh, yeah, we throw these parties. My, my boy, uh, Anthony, uh, we used to call him Tony back then, but now he goes by Anthony. He's actually a, a radio, uh, used to be a radio show host out in Seattle. Now he's doing big things in podcasting. Uh, Anthony, Anthony, uh, sorry, Carla Marie and Anthony. Um, but Anthony, uh, his dad bought a house uh, for him that he was going to rent out. Like, you know, his dad was, you know, trying to make some money. Meanwhile, we come in and just tear the whole fucking house up. Uh, but yeah, he got a house. And so we just started throwing parties at it. It was right around the corner from school. Um, a good amount of our friends, like I said, were from the track team. So a lot of people called it the track house, but it really was, you know, the U. <laughs> that was that was the U house. <laughs> I love this. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, like, it did definitely kind of come off like a frat. I get it. Y'all got your own house, you little Oh, group. yeah. So, we, had, um, we had the best parties. I, ask anybody from 15 I'm, years ago. We did that, okay? So, about the almost joining. Yeah. The day of saying nah. 
So, yeah. So I, when I, you know, I, another group of friends, like I always make friends with lots of people and I have like different kinds of, you know, groupings of friends. They don't always intermingle, but you know, one of the other groups of friends I had was a bunch of white guys. Uh, one of them, there was a, a black guy, he's super light skinned. Even till this day, I don't know if he's half black, half white, whatever. He's my boy, Brennan. Um, I met him playing basketball and he would just start inviting me out, um, to come and party Seton hall. We don't have a football team, but basketball is really big for us. And this was back at the time where, and Seton hall is good again now, but they were really good. Then we made the NCAA tournament. We were beating top schools. Um, this is in like the heart of the big East, you know, before it got broken up. So like Carmelo Anthony, we're playing against him. We're playing against other really great UConn teams and all this. And so, um, the games were at, Our games were like 20 miles away. We'd have to get on a bus to get there. You'd have to have someone who got a car. And to be able to drink there, you had to go out and tailgate because you can't drink in the stadium because it's a college game. So anyway, this guy Brennan was part of this frat called the Skulls. And they they basically took me under their wing and I'd come out there and party with them. I don't... There's so many games I don't remember past the first half because I just got so <laughs> fucking drunk. Like I, I, rem- I, I remember we stormed the court, but like I don't remember actually storming the court. Like I know I did it, but I don't have any memory of doing said storming. Because uh, yeah, them white boys, woo, they go in. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so like after partying with them a bunch, like yo, I want to, I want to join with y'all. Like I want to be able to do this on a regular basis. So. Um, you know, someone decided that I was going to be their little, or I forgot what they call it on the frat side, but you know, I'm going to be there, the person that they bring in. And, uh, I remember the day it was like, I guess they call it kind of like rush day or whatever. And you kind of make your commitment to be part of the frat. They had this big blowout party. They had like some stripper over who was shooting ping pongs out of her, out of her hoo-ha. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yes. These are the stories we need for this podcast. She, yes. she, 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 she was squirting everywhere. Like, oh, <laughs> yes, Chris. Mama's not allowed to listen to this. <laughs> oh, no, no. Wow. Yes, I want more of that. Okay, keep the story. Because we got to get to why he said no. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah these are all good things so far. Yeah. I don't know if we do, Adele. I don't know if we need to. But I'm going to honor the story. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. We, we so, left off at the squirting. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, you know, I'm like, all right, this is cool. That's what's up. Like, you, you guys can get squirted. I'm going to sit here and watch and clap. But like, all right, cool. I'm, let me go grab a drink real quick. So I went to go grab a drink. And as I walk through the kitchen, it's a really small kitchen, and there's like these two guys talking. And as I walk through them, uh, and b- I forgot to mention, like right before this, I, I told my, you know, the person who wanted to bring me, I'm like, I'm definitely doing this. Like, this is what's up. Like, I'm, you know, I'm down. So literally, this is probably like 10, 15 minutes later. I'm walking through this kitchen. I walk in between two people. And all of a sudden, I just get blindsided. Someone just hits me in my jaw and knocks me out, knocks me to the ground. I jump up. Immediately, I'm like, who the fuck hit me? Because right. I'm, I'm ready to fight. One, I'm already drunk. But two, like, you ain't going to sneak hit me. Uh, and so no one would own up to it. What I find out later, I guess, you know, th- these two guys who were talking are like, they're seniors. And I guess they felt disrespected or something that I walked in the middle of their conversation. Probably disrespected, you know, because I'm a black guy in their fucking house. But anyway, um, as I'm now like, well, fuck, it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight anybody now. Right. As I'm trying to fight, everybody's holding me back and like pulling me out the house. You need to calm down, like get out. And they eventually like made me leave the party. Um, and this was in the middle of a snowstorm as well. And the reason I mention this is like, there's nobody out on the street. Like, so I have like three people escort me back to the college dorm, which is probably about you know five blocks away. Uh, they get me in like 
Seton Hall, because it's in the middle of like three of the worst neighborhoods in in uh, in Jersey, uh, it's in the middle of East Orange, Irvington, and Newark. And so because of that, our school was fenced in, and you had to have like special badges to be able to get in and out. So they get me to like one of those um, gates. I swipe to get in. They're like, all right, you're going to go back to your dorm, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I take like a few steps to walk back to my dorm. I see that they leave. I walk right back out that fucking door and I start calling my people who are still at that party. I'm like, yo, I need y'all to find out who hit me. I'm going to find their ass and I'm going to whoop their ass. So eventually they got back to me on who it was. I showed up at this dude's apartment. I'm ringing his bell nonstop. Like, get your ass down here. Oh, you want to fight? Like, no, we're going to actually fight. That's that Baltimore County right now. Okay. <laughs> yes. I'm by myself, by the way. Like, I didn't get any backup. I'm like, I just went by we myself. And, yo, we, we don't need backup. None. I'm with we it. We got this. And uh, he bouncing in my seat like I yo. was there. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> he refused to come down, but I'm just, I was ringing his bell for like 30 minutes. Uh, but anyway, after that night, I'm like, nah, fuck this frat. Like, one, y'all, sne- you know, I got I got sneak hit here. Like, y'all just snuck one on me. Mm-hmm. Two, y'all kick me out. I didn't even fucking do anything. Like, y'all didn't have my back. Like, this is supposed to be a brotherhood. Like, that's what these frats are supposed to be. And y'all didn't take my back. Nah, I can't rock with y'all. So I did. I ended up not pledging, but I did end up remaining friends with a lot of those people, like the younger cats. And so over the years, you know, I stayed friends with them. I got to attend parties. Everybody kind of knew what happened to me. So I used to go go to mixers and stuff that I technically wasn't supposed to go to. But they, you know, I was basically like ushered in as like the the celebrity uh, frat member. Uh, so I still got all the benefits without having to pay dues or doing all that crazy rush shit. Well, and I even lived I, with the frat my senior year. Oh, and, and which you, is a whole nother thing. <laughs> you live but weren't part of the frat. Yep, I lived in the. I, we, I, mean, at this point, I lived in the frat house. And I, yep. everything he punked one of the seniors. I was saying everything, <laughs> everything to not get sued in this moment. Right. What yeah. else you need, Chris? <laughs> you want some letters? You want a letter of recommendation? It, you you know? want a jacket? Like. You, want us to, you want us to bring that dancer back? I mean, <laughs> whatever you want, whatever you want, whatever bro. Whatever you want. Ugh. I don't so, blame yeah. you though, because you're right. Like it's supposed to stand for like that brotherhood and that connection. And that that moment just undid all of that. And especially when like no one would say anything and then just trying to take you out like like you did something. Yeah. yeah. Nah, I, I agree. It's like all of a sudden like they were treating me like the angry black man. I'm like, I'm angry for a fucking reason. I got hit. Right. Right. Period. You feel some kind of way, say something. Don't sneak me. Yeah. Just say something. Then we can take this outside. But you ain't gotta sneak me with that. Okay, so that was a lot. That might actually be part of the the segment, the other segment. Uh, when did you want to go home? Um, right. But maybe you got another story for that. But before we before we get there, were you involved in any other campus activities? I, was, I mean, the union sound like it kept you busy. But did, oh yeah, <laughs> did you? Were you involved in anything else on campus orgs? Yeah, so I uh, I played in almost every intramural sport. Like I just you know, as you said in my bio, like I just I'll play anything. So I played like you know, I think we had a, a softball, a, no softball, basketball, soccer, which I didn't even played soccer in years. But I was so good at all the other sports. They even wrote me. They wrote something in the uh, newspaper about like the U is now returning after so and so championship to play in soccer. And Chris Colbert, the star of the so like my whole team was like, really upset about it. You're good in basketball. How the fuck they writing about you in soccer? What the hell? Uh, but yeah, we 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 ran the tables. We won like 12 championships like with my my crew wow. um, while we were there. But yeah, intramural sports. Um, I was also part of Pirate TV. So my um, my freshman year, you know, our TV station, you know, because I said like it's a big media school. So the TV station was really big. 
And it was only closed circuit on the campus. Uh, but our freshman year, halfway through the year, it got shut down because one of the players uh, came in and was like, one of the basketball players came in and was doing a segment. And this motherfucker thought he was T.O. So after the segment, he got up and with a Sharpie, signed the lens. No. Bruh. These lenses are mad expensive. Mad expensive. Oh, my God. So Sometimes they shut. more than the freaking camera. Like, Mm-hmm. So they shut that TV station down for a year. And our sophomore year, um, me and a group wow. of people, and it's more these other group of people, I kind of tagged along and get to say I helped bring back the TV station. But we brought back the TV <laughs> station. Uh, I'll give more more uh, shout out to Manny and, and Kate. But Chris, did y'all show up outside his room too? You, yeah. <laughs> you better bring, yeah. Nah, he's bigger than me. Uh, oh, okay. Is there a But no, nah, we brought back the TV station. And I ended up doing um, a show called Pirate Feud. Like I brought um, essentially the the family feud aspect to pirate TV and, and they made it like a um, uh, like a pirate uh, Seton Hall trivia kind of thing. Until this day, that show still lives on, which is really cool. Um, I also was a co-host with a few of my friends of a show called Rock You. Uh, you know, I obviously talked about the hip hop side. Uh, so, yeah, I did, did some things there. I tried to, to sign up to the. Uh, radio station, but you had to take a test and like score above like a C plus or something like that. And I didn't realize that it was more like very cultish in terms of like, you went to all these sessions, they teach you how all the equipment works and everything. I did good on those questions, but I sucked at the questions where like, who's the person who's in charge of this? Like, who's the program manager? Who's, who's this radio DJ? I'm like, I don't know y'all motherfuckers. Like, I don't, right. I, I didn't realize I had to be studying all your names. Uh, right. So yeah, I, I, I failed that and I didn't make it in. It was the email channel. So I very much, it, there wasn't really any black people in that radio station. So like, mm. That felt very almost white elitish to me. And so once I didn't get in on my first test, I'm like, nah, fuck y'all. Yeah. I, I ain't about that. And so I was like, oh, let me just do the TV thing. I don't blame you anyway, because like the whole goal is when I'm in here, I'll get to know who you guys are. Yep. Like if I know how to run something, be content with that. I don't need to know all your names. Party at this Is that yeah. how we do it? Is I was waiting for Anna. Oh, there it is. I'm sorry. Like, it's these fingers. It's these fingers. Like, right. <laughs> yeah, go. yeah. So basically in this segment, is it was when you got into this school, which may be different for you because, you know, y'all had the rainbow. It was all of y'all out there, just diversity. Um, but maybe growing up, you liked a certain type of music. But when what did you get exposed to while attending the PWI that you never heard before? So I'm sure this is one that comes up for for everybody. Uh, Sweet Caroline's, obviously, <laughs> yeah. I had never heard that song in my goddamn life. Uh, that and and what's it? Living on a prayer. Those two fucking songs. You know, Seton Hall, uh, very dry campus. Like you know, it, you had to be real sneaky to be able to drink on campus. It was a very small campus, and like because years earlier there was a fire in one of the buildings, like they were super strict on things coming in and out. So it was hard to drink on campus. They didn't allow frat houses in the town of South Orange. So it's hard to drink there. And like the cops get called all the time for noise violations if you're at someone's house partying. So there were like one or two bars that you could underage drink in. And one of them was this place called Cryin's. I think they're shut down now, so I can I can legally talk about them. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, all the underage, like you didn't go there if you were overage. You went there if you're underage. And I swear, two times an hour, you'd hear those fucking songs. Like oh, those things were seared in my brain. God. I will forever know these songs. Forever. And <laughs> well, the part about Sweet Caroline is the community. Yeah yelling together in 
no foreseeable harmony at all. It's not even needed. We're just going to sing it together because we're drunk and it feels like the right thing to do. Yeah. I, I f- so, it's yeah. The same. I feel like that about living on a prayer, too, because then it's like, ah, like everybody just yep. kind of yeah. goes crazy. <laughs> living on a prayer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like that. I, I, would, I would always don't chime stop. in on those parts. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know none of the verses. I'm just like, oh, no, that's it. Yes, that's it. And then some sweet Korean lines. Oh, 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 like so. <laughs> that's crazy. Those are both really great. Yeah. I, and and it, but was also interesting, especially my freshman year. Like that was the year of um, what's that boy's name? Uh, Soldier Boy. That when he really came out with, like the Superman shit, and yeah. so like to watch all the white people doing the Superman song. So I'd be out dancing on the floor the whole time. As soon as Super, like, Superman that hoe comes on, I sit my ass down. I'm like, I ain't, <laughs> I refuse. I literally would tell people, I refuse. I would be dancing with a hot woman. I'd be like, I'm sorry, I gotta go sit down. I, I protest. I protest this fucking song. I'm not dancing with a bunch of white people to this goddamn song. You're right. Because they yeah, just do, yeah. you. Yeah. You. <laughs> <laughs> That was me one time at the club. Like, I, the Cupid Shuffle came on, and I was doing it, and I noticed, like, everyone was behind me following my steps. So I was like, I'm going to go get a drink. <laughs> I was like, I can't. I don't want to be that. I'm not a dance instructor. I'm just out here. Well, so you just remind me. This is, this is technically, I think, the year I graduated. Uh, but I was at a bar uh, once in uh, Hoboken, New Jersey. You know, basically, like, the party area for New York, New Jersey, especially when you're coming out of college. It's cheaper than New York, but it's right across the water. And... Uh, Teach me how to Dougie was coming on. These white girls came up like, can you teach me how to Dougie? I'm like, bitch. <laughs> uh, I didn't say this out loud in my head. I'm like, bitch, I don't know how to fucking Dougie either. What the fuck? So I just started doing the backwards running man and shit. <laughs> you did not say, you did not tell them that that was the <laughs> And they bought that shit. To this day, these girls are probably doing the backwards running man doing so the, for the Dougie. They killing it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to the Dougie. Setup. I refuse to learn how to do choreographed dance. Like, that's me. Like, I don't like being told what to do you ain't gonna tell me how to dance so nah I don't learn these stupid dances like who goes in their mirror and practices these things like sorry anybody who's listening who practices <laughs> these dances though, you're right though. but like I ain't got time for that I'm a busy man I ain't gonna be practicing in front of no full length mirror <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I wanted to know 20-year-old Chris. This is, what, this, is, this is what's becoming very clear to me in this interview. It would be risky for your life. Even 30-year-old something Chris is still risky for your life. I go in. I, I drink heavily. I live for that. I love the fact that he taught them the wrong thing. Right. And they just running backwards. Just... <laughs> just out the door like I don't even it's not even sustainable I, I, I what is happening want, I think even one of them as I'm doing I don't think this is right I'm like nah it is you got it this <laughs> I just doubled down <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much oh my gosh um All right, what else you got for me right oh, man. <laughs> there's no place like home there's no place like home there's no place like home so that segment is just about like a moment where you kind of like what you kind of described where you just was like something may have happened that you were like, this isn't for me. I need to just go back home. If it's a, an additional one or that moment, 
you know, no, actually, and I think you guys are thinking like the, the frat one was, I, I feel like the radio one was where I almost wanted to go home because that was the whole reason mm-hmm. I was there. It was to get in the radio and TV and the TV station that freshman year had disappeared. Now the radio station didn't accept me and it was like, well, fuck, like, you know, yes, I can still take classes and hopefully get an internship eventually. But again, that, that whole situation with that test and like having to memorize you know, the white people at the station. I, I, again, felt elitist. It felt like I don't belong. And again, it was the radio station was emo music. So it's not even the kind of music I listened to. It's like, okay, was this the right choice? Now I didn't like super, you know, I, I didn't like call my mom like, Hey, you know, bring me home tomorrow. But that was, the, I guess the time where I really felt like, okay, was this the smart decision? Um, let's see how the rest of this year plays out and we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah. How did the rest of the year play out? Uh, a lot more partying. Uh, uh, now the rest of the year played out well. Like I really, I just kept meeting more and more people that that were cool. You know, whether it be white or black. Like I just, I really expanded my network of friends. I also, you know, from a school perspective, is when I got exposed to sociology and I fell in love with sociology. Um, and I think that actually was one of the big things that made me stay. Like one of my my sociology teacher was just amazing. This guy, Doctor Kale, a gay Middle Eastern cat. And he just like blew my mind of just like the ways to look at the world and, and understand like what makes us us and like our upbringings. And, you know, I um, before I went to college, before I, I decided I wanted to get in radio and TV, my backup plan to basketball was being a psychologist. So I've always been kind of interested in what makes people who they are. And so, yeah, that was just super eye opening. Um, and then, yeah, just to be exposed to so many people. So Seton Hall has a lot of people coming from out of state. Um, also has a lot of different people coming from, sorry, a lot of people coming from different parts of New Jersey. So as I'm learning sociology, like I'm also learning from these people I'm with. So Seton Hall is a big commuter school as well. So a lot of people don't stick around the campus on the weekend. So I was like one of the few people who was never going home. And so I would just go home with other people. I'd go back to their towns in New Jersey. You know, I'd go even, you know, to other places with them. And so it was just really I don't know. It really exposed me to the rest of the world in, in kind of a small circle way. You know, I wasn't going to China or anything, but like in, in a, you know, small United States, you know, kind of demographic, like I was getting exposed to so many other cultures um, and ways of thinking and, and ways of just conducting yourself. So, you know, I think that was my freshman year. One of the things that really made me want to stay. I love that. Cause it's like you had your own community within the community and then it's like a full circle moment kind of coming from this one type of neighborhood you know, and now you got to kind of now drop into all these different diverse backgrounds and like what you went there for to learn from different cultures, to try to look at the world as it is and find, a, a you know, your place within it. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. Did you ever get on the radio? No, I never. Yeah, never got on WSOU. I never tried again. I probably could if I wanted to, but I just I'm very much a, like once I've made up my mind, like, fuck you, it's fuck you. Like, <laughs> it, it takes a lot. It, it takes a lot to bring me back. You heard me, Chris. <laughs> what, what'd you say? I said I co-signed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was seen firsthand. Not not her. Like she's she's in the good group. Uh, so, good. <laughs> she, but she knows of the fuck you people. Word. Facts. <clears throat> um, I have a question. How did you know? How did you know? So. I guess this that perfectly kind of leads into that if there is an additional story of like, you know, how did you know, like the moment that may have clicked, like this is where I belong, like this fits for me. You know, I really enjoy this here. I, I can do this. I think one of them was my freshman year as well. And it was early on. Um, 
my, uh, I mentioned before my Ari was a senior black guy. Um, he, uh, my boy Kyle Warren, I'll shout him out. He's, he's actually now doing work at Rutgers, so our our, our rival. I don't. How dare he, this motherfucker? But uh, <laughs> but I let him. He gets a pass because what he did for me my freshman year. So in high school, I never did any drugs or I didn't even drink until like finally like the end of my senior year because I played sports and I was always afraid. And I'm always I'm still this way to this day. Like I'm afraid of sabotaging myself. I don't want to sabotage my future. And so I never want to mess with drugs or alcohol and all that because, you know, if I get caught, I'm kicked off the team, whatever. So when I got to college is the first time I ever smoked weed. And um, I remember it was my sweet mate, you know, who was a guy who really smoked and, and exposed me to it. And we, he remember, I remember one time he took me down to go buy it from this cat, you know, about a floor down from us. So as we're like in the process, he's like going through his stuff. He's, you know, divvying up the weed for us to take. Um, the RAs that would go around, you know, they would, if it was too noisy or, or whatever, if there's something suspicious, they'd knock on the door and, and you know, you'd have to let them in. Well, this weed was stank. Like this joint, I think, was leaking through the bottom of the door. So all of a sudden, we get a knock, knock, knock at the door, and uh, someone looks out and they see it's it's my RA and also this other RA, RA who's on duty. And this other RA is like a hard ass too. And at this time, like I also think my RA is a hard ass. And I'm like, and they're like, oh, it's the RA. He's like, put shit away. I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Like I think we're only a month in. I'm like, I'm about to get kicked out of fucking school. <laughs> Just one month in, like, my mother's going to fucking destroy. Like, I'm going to get murdered. Like, we're not even talking, like, these aren't analogies or metaphors. No, she will literally murder me. You know how much this goddamn school costs? Fuck out of here. Uh, so, like, you know, they rush to get everything done. And they're like, Ari's like, hey, let us in. Like, oh, one second, one second. They finally come in. There's, like, fucking six of us in there just kind of sitting around. And you can still smell this weed. And my Ari kind of looks around. He looks at me and just kind of nods. And he's like, all right, I need y'all to keep it down in here. And like, you can tell the other RA wants to say something. He's like, no, no, I got this. He's like, y'all keep it down in here. Um, Chris, like, don't, you don't live down here. Like, what are you doing down here? Yeah, yeah, I was just leaving. Um, so I, you know, I bounced out. He called me, he, you know, cornered me later and said, yo, I just saved your fucking ass. Like, yo, we would have busted y'all up for weed. Like, you could have gotten kicked out. This man saved my entire college career. He's probably saved my professional career by doing that because how I got my job was by being at Seton Hall. Um, and so like that was the moment like, I felt like I was supported. Like I had someone looking out for me. It was the, you know, the black man who, who was the RA on my floor and he's got me. Like I ain't, also I'm not going to put him in that position again. Like, you know, but yeah, that really made me feel seen. It made me feel supported. And I was like, all right, like I ain't, I'm not out here on my own. And also, all right, don't put yourself in stupid fucking positions like that. <laughs> Where is the towel at the door? Y'all did not make the proper provisions. This was my first time. I don't know these things at the time. <laughs> now, Okay, I, I don't know the rules and regulations of this smoking weed shit. Saying. Okay, okay. I feel like one of the six of y'all could have done better. It was but, all these white people. They just, you know, they think they, they can do whatever the fuck. It was me and, and like five of the white people. They, they just think uh, they can do whatever the fuck they want. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, yep, man. I almost got hemmed up on that one. Uh, till this, but to your point about the, the uh, towel, oh, even till this day, I'll be in a fucking hotel. I'll put that shit underneath the door. <laughs> like, I don't play. Even in my Don't own house, play. I got I got one of them little uh, draft things under the floor. It's not to stop the draft from coming in. It's about that draft going out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and weed is legal in New York, so shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm paranoid as hell. Hell yeah. We still all got PTSD. It's legal in Chicago. It still don't feel right, okay? It still don't feel right. It yes. don't feel right. Only in L.A. does it feel right. I don't know. <laughs> Even then it doesn't for me because I'm like, oh, 
Like, like this is okay, entrapment. We do that now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right? We do. We do it in public. It's all yes. good. But no, for real. So, okay, I do have another question for you. So you were staying at the white frat house, but you weren't part of the frat. Like, did black people judge you? <coughs> nah, nah. I, I, got free, I got free room and board. No, I'm playing. I, I had to pay for my room and board, but yeah, I got free parties. Um, nah, they didn't judge me, though. It, it, it did end up sucking for me because, so that was my senior year. I actually only had like nine credits left to graduate my senior year. I could have graduated early. I just chose to draw that out because, like, hey, I'm in college. I might as well enjoy this. But I got I started working for Sirius, um, Sirius XM. I started creating Jamie Foxx's radio station halfway through my senior year. So I was actually going to a, a regular job halfway, you know, that second semester of senior year. And so there were parties happening every night, and I lived in the basement. And so, like, it Oh, there were so many times I wanted to call in noise violations. Like, <laughs> uh, also, like you know, when they're when they're you know hazing the uh, uh, the you know new recruits or whatever you call them, the little you know rushy little cats. Uh, that was always happening in the garage right next to my room, so it'd be loud. Cigarette smoke is floating underneath my door, and I hate cigarette smoke. So like that would keep me up at night, and I hated it. Um, the one funny thing that kind of happened, which I still love, is that the way that we set up things in our house is that you would alternate taking the um, uh, the noise violation. Cause you'd always get a noise violation when you throw a party. So it was like, all right, you have to pay at this time. And so it was a rotating thing. The one time that I had to get the noise violation, I was so pissed off. I was asleep. I was asleep waiting for work. And these motherfuckers <laughs> let the cops come down to my room, uh, and pull me out of bed and gave me the noise violation. Oh no. Nah. <laughs> so that being awake, woken up. Off of that. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly I'm not the problem. Nope. So I ended up having, like, I, I fought the ticket. Like, I went to court for it, and I was like, yeah, like, we had this party. Like, my, my roommates had this party. I was asleep. Like, literally, you can read the police report. I was in my bed. Uh, and I somehow it was able to get them to drop it. So I told my roommates this, all white cast, and they're like, what the fuck? No, then you have to take the next one. Nope, nope, I already did my rotation. It was your fault for not fighting yours. So right. <laughs> I never had to pay for you any of my noise violations. It. So I took it. Yep. I just didn't have to pay it. I just so won. Exactly. Yeah, so, that's crazy. But so yeah, it was like, interesting living with them. Were there any, I know you had um, your, your group, the U, and you said you did intramural. Were there any, like, student organizations, like, minority-based student organizations that you maybe participated in or saw around campus? Like, where were there different groups like that? Yeah, we did have black organizations. There were, and there were also, like, black frats and, and sororities there. Um, and, yeah, I would attend, you know, some of the events they throw. I just never, you know, wanted to become part of the groups, also just because I was so busy. Like, I was, most semesters, I was, you know, I had a full course load. Uh, I would have one to three jobs. Um, and I was doing intramurals and, you know, just trying to have fun. So yeah, I just didn't have enough time to join more organizations. Uh, but yeah, there was always like functions that I always tried to attend. So like, I still did some of like the, like, you know, go to the stepping competitions, which were always great. Uh, you know, ha doing like some of the black networking events that they'd have there. So they did, do, they did do a really good job of, of making sure those quote unquote affinity groups had, had something for themselves. That's dope. It kind of sounds like you got a, got the best of both worlds. Cause you got to. I would have loved to see a step show on my campus. We 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 didn't we didn't have that over there. Oh damn. Yeah, nah, at all. So I'll just leave that at that. I think we hosted one. I think we hosted one at one point at Drake. And I but don't get me to lying. Somebody listened <laughs> that went to DU with me. I think we did. And yeah, but they came from Iowa State. Right. And I and, and uh, I think the University of Iowa even came but down. They weren't on campus. Like they no, we didn't yeah. have black, historically black frats or sororities on campus. 
Yeah, I was going to say, like, are you sure? Was it a, a step show or was it just tap dancing? You were just drunk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been, but no. Come out the river I dance, think, y'all. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised we didn't. I don't, Ed <laughs> Drake, in middle of Iowa, it would fit. <laughs> really, it would. <laughs> it would fit so perfect. So in knowing why you went in the first place and going through it, do you feel like you kind of got or accomplish that, like now that you're out of it and in the workforce and in the industry and even having your own business, which you hope to gain in undergrad, do you feel like you got that and it's been helping your career trajectory? Absolutely. It's funny. I don't, I don't really acknowledge my high school in terms of all my, like I, I hated my high school experience. Um, I loved my college experience and I loved what came out of my college experience. I love the friends that I continue to have out of my college experience. I love the diversity of just like cultures that I got to get exposed to. I love, you know, having been so close to New York, which is what got me my first job. Like actually the internship I got at Sirius was because of being at Seton Hall. Sirius, before it was a known entity, came there and was like begging people to be an intern. Um, and so that's what got my foot in the door. Um, and I also had teachers that were literally working in New York City. And if it wasn't for me being hired at Sirius, I was about to get hired to the promotions department at one of the top radio stations in the country, Z100 and KTU, um, as in the promotion side. So it was like, yeah, it was it was a really great supportive environment. It was a diverse environment, which again, I didn't realize until I actually got there. Um, and yeah, I, I wouldn't change a thing when it comes to, to going to Seton Hall. I think it was a great school. It's part of why I go back at least once a year to either mentor or, you know, talk or, you know, try to try to mentor, you know, try to bring people in uh, to the school, but also, you know, bring people out of the school into the industry um, because I, I just know the power of what it d- has done for me. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big, big lover of Seton Hall. Look at Chris opening up the alumni mail and stuff. I don't mm, give it no, back. Stop there, though. No, that's when they ask for money. I give, <laughs> I give back of my time. That's what you I get my goddamn money. You already you got my money. money. That shit you was expensive. You got my money, and you're it's still so getting expensive. money. Like, you don't need my coins. You nope. have it. You nope. have it. I'm with you. I'll go to the little meetups, and I'll participate in stuff in the local and, like, games and stuff but I'm, I'm you're not getting my money I just realized too I'm wearing my, my school colors I didn't even mean to do that yeah go on <laughs> for tuning in to the head nod podcast don't forget to subscribe and follow us on the cube app and at dcp official across social family follow my sis adele at i am adele coleman across all socials and follow the coolest to ever do it anna deshawn at anna deshawn on all socials listen wherever you get your podcast and if you really dig it leave a rating and a review Keep nodding your heads with us. Until next time, this is the Head Nod.